Amen. Let's all stand. This is a special day that our country is remembering what happened on September 10 years ago. Let's uh, pray for our nation. Let's just take a moment of silent prayer and pray for our nation, shall we? Father, as we stand before you as uh, one church in this great country, we realize, Lord, that it's your blessing and protection upon this land that sustains us. Lord, we call upon you on this day as we remember this tragic event 10 years ago, which was so destructive, so terrible, had so many consequences. And Lord, it causes us to remember our total dependence upon you for the protection of this nation. Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen the heart and the courage of our people. We pray that you'd help the church to pray and intercede for this land. And Lord, we pray for our president and our governing leaders and our military and our policemen and our firemen and all that try to support and to help us, O God. We just pray for your blessing upon this nation, O God. Lord, we pray for peace. Lord, we pray for security. We pray for this nation's future, that as surely as you have brought us this far, only you can see us through to fulfill our destiny. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Turn with me to uh, Hebrews, the uh, 13th chapter. And as I was uh, preparing for this message, really a couple of weeks ago, looking at these very helpful, practical instructions for the church and what we should be committed to, to be balanced Christians, to stand firm, to continue to grow. We were approaching this day and I realized the date and the 9-11 and realized that right here just above this passage in chapter 13 is a 9-11 verse that applies There is a very specific application here that I think that you'll catch immediately. And truly it gives us a perspective on what happened in our nation 10 years ago when those planes crashed into those three buildings. And that other plane crashed in the field on the the way to, to destroy another building. And we realize that we need to have the right perspective on 9-11. How many of you believe that we as Christians need to have a different perspective than the world has regarding this tragic event? I heard this morning about uh, the saying that's being placed on the memorial. It has something to do that that history will not erase the memory of that day. Did you hear about that? As if the memory was so important for us to continue as a nation. Well, You know, the perspective we have from God is far greater than that, and I think you'll catch it in this verse. Verse 28 of chapter 12, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, do we believe in the kingdom of God? Is that our commitment? Eternal things? A kingdom that cannot be shaken. Is that the nature of the kingdom that we're committed to? Let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Is that a good 9-11 verse? 
It is because, think about it this way. You know, our whole nation, the whole world is concerned about the shaking which can occur when evil men have their way through terrorism and violence and war. But truly, God calls us to a perspective where we would not fear those who might shake temporal things when we consider a God who can shake the heavens. Our God who is able to shake the universe should be our greatest concern. Not the terrorism of those who plan to do evil and to harm people. You know, it was amazing how that tragic event on that beautiful September morning shook our nation. Most of us can remember where we were and what we were doing and how we were moved by that event. We realized that as much as that moved this country and even called our nation to repentance, do you remember that everywhere people were praying? Churches were filling up with people who wanted to pray. Businesses all over the country that had the freedom to put up their own signs were saying, God bless America. Pray for our nation. I can't remember in my lifetime that kind of open exclamation regarding the importance of seeking God on behalf of our nation. It shook us. It moved us. It caused us to remember our spiritual foundations and realize that we need God's help as a nation. You think of as much as we were moved, how soon we have forgotten. Did you know that the whole religious emphasis was removed from this 9-11 service because of the concern that one religion might be placed over another and that the different religions might use the event to promote their religions and so they decided on a completely secular service this time. I'm concerned about that about our values, and a, a nation that truly had a Christian foundation. And uh, don't believe the, the secular scholars who tell you that there was no Christian foundation for this nation. Isn't it interesting how they conveniently are trying to rewrite history at this time and write out all of that element which has to do with God and His provision for the country. <clears throat> but we as Christians need to look at an event like 9-11 with a Christian perspective. And the first thing we need to realize is we need to fear God. And if we fear God, we have no fear of man. We do not fear those who are able to shake buildings when we believe and serve a God who's able to shake the heavens with one spoken word. Have you discovered by now that as a Christian, if you fear God, that there's no reason to fear anything else? There is nothing that threatens the one, the person who is trusting in God and knows that God is faithful and that God is able. And so, guess what? As moving as 9-11 was, as tragic as it was, the kingdom of God was not one bit shaken. God is still in the heavens. God has all the power and the authority that He has ever had and will continue to have. And we as Christians who keep our eyes upon the Lord are not shaken. 
You know, it's an interesting situation. If we go through something in life that shakes us, we realize maybe we were depending on something which was more shakable than we realized. If we're grounded in God, we're grounded in His character, grounded in His promises, we will not be moved, we will not be shaken. How important it is for us to, as Christians, to be able to explain that and to live that and pass that on to the next generation. Now, now I'm getting to my real sermon here, chapter 13 as we begin, because the apostle leads us through this incredible explanation of our faith and how God brought grace through Jesus Christ to fulfill the purpose of the law. And knowing all of this and knowing that we are saved, how are we to live? And here at the end of the 12th chapter, he says, This kingdom is eternal. It's unshakable. This is our hope for the future. And then he leaves us with some very practical instructions on how we're supposed to live our lives. How many of you know that the Christian life is livable? (laughs) It's practical. It works. The quality of life, the relationships, all that God has called us to do, if we will be obedient, we live a quality of life that cannot be experienced any other way other than the kingdom of God. And um, I want you to see how this quality of life is described in terms of the basic practical commitments that we as Christians need to live a a balanced Christian life. How many of you would rather be balanced than unbalanced? Right? Balanced. Balance is a key to life. You think about uh, beauty. You think about all forms of life. You think about balance as such an important principle. And so it is in the Christian life. As Jesus said that we should worship God in spirit and in truth. The balance the balance of a relationship with God. And here we get some very practical instructions. And so I want you to get this, and I want you to know that these are ten commitments that we can live that will bring our life into balance. Isn't that good? In a world that's being shaken by tragedies and uncertainty, We can live our lives in this world the way God has called us to, and we will maintain our own personal balance and stability. How many of you believe that you can find the the eye of the hurricane, the peace in the middle of the storm, and the whole world around you can be falling apart, and yet you can have that peace and security and walk through? I think about Mabel Daw and how that was such an important theme in her life and her messages that... God never promised us to deliver us from all of our trials. But he did promise to see us through. Isn't that true? We know that. We have a certainty. We're able to endure and persevere and to push through. But it requires some commitments and some focus. This doesn't just happen because we'd like it to happen. We've got to focus and exercise some discipline and be obedient And so these ten things, and it's hard for me not to preach ten sermons here, and I won't. And I can tell I'm going to introduce this now, and I'm going to come back 
and, uh, and, and follow through with this. But what are these ten basic commitments that we're called to to live an unshakable life? Well, let's read through it, and then we'll come back and identify the specific commitments. See how many you can find as we read through. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison, and if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you were yourselves suffering. Verse 4, marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. Because God has said, I will never leave you, neither will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? That's a good 9-11 verse too, isn't it? Let's say those words again. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city. To make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp bearing the disgrace he bore. Verse 14. For here we do not have an enduring city but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus therefore let us continually offer to God sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. Wow. There's a lot there to live, huh? I want us to identify these ten. I'm just going to introduce them and then I'll come back and explain them. If you want to make a list, please do. Because this is a list you can live by. A list you can win by. A list that will make you unshakable in terms of your position in an eternal kingdom which is not moved by these circumstances. Okay, here they are. Number one. What are we instructed to do? Keep loving one another. Is that important? Absolutely. Even the stranger, the prisoner, the mistreated person. Love one another. Number two. Hear this. This is not uh, popular. 
It may not be politically correct, but it's what the Bible says. Be faithful in your marriage and realize that marriage is God's plan. It's the foundation of the family that God ordained. Be faithful in marriage. Number three, this is a tough one in our society today, but it's here. Be content with what you have. Resist the temptation of covetousness. How many of you can think of something right now that you'd really like to have? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) The principle is this. The more content I am in God, the less covetousness I will have for the things that I really ultimately do not need. I love uh, uh, Dave Ramsey says, he says, forget about it. He says, you don't need that. He says, think about what you actually need and ask God to help you to be content. Wow. Number four, hear this. What is this commitment? Stand on God's promises. Did you see the promises here? I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm your helper. I'm your helper. And I will never leave you or forsake you. Hey, that's enough to give you peace, isn't it? Number five. Learn from your leaders. That's verse 7. What do you learn? Learn from what they teach and learn from how they live. And you will find the leaders in your life that God has brought to minister to you a great source of help and encouragement. Number 6. I love this. Verse 8. Keep your eyes on Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That'll make you unshakable. Just that alone, won't it? Jesus doesn't change. He's not shaken. And so we put our confidence in Him. Number 7, verse 9. Maintain balance. Be careful about your doctrine, what you believe, and how you practice your faith, that you do not become unbalanced. Number 8. I love this. Verse 14. Invest in not this world, this city that passes away, but eternity and the city of God, which is our future. Number nine, verse 15. I love this. Worship sincerely as you bring your praise, the fruit of your lips to God, offering that sacrifice. Is that going to keep you spiritually healthy? Absolutely. And then finally, number 10, verse 17. Submit to the authority that God has placed over you, which is also not a popular idea today. Nevertheless, there is great blessing. There is great peace. (laughs) There is much to to be received from God in terms of all of God's promises as we realize that God has given us leaders that He wants us to accept and to submit to, and we will know the blessing of being under authority. Well, see, I still want to preach all ten sermons this morning. I'll come back and finish this. But are you? how many of you are grateful that you know God? Amen. Amen. Secure in your faith as the whole world may be falling apart. Let me say, how many of you know that 9-11 was bad, but... Much worse things are going to happen before Jesus comes. Okay, instead of looking back, let's look forward. 
let's be better prepared for whatever happens between now and Christ's coming and live the way God wants us to live. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the reminder through this special day of 9-11 of how important it is for us to put our faith in you and that you don't change. You cannot be shaken. We are secure, absolutely secure in your, in your, you and your promises. Help us this morning to be encouraged. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Sam's going to lead us in a song. and We're going to have an invitation for those who'd like to come forward to pray or to receive ministry. And then we'll be dismissed. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. As this song continues, I encourage you to take a moment just to respond to the Lord. Respond to His Word. You know, it would be good for each of us before we leave this morning to take at least a moment of personal prayer and just to recommit ourselves to the Lord, just to intercede for people that are in need. We're going to be available this morning if you'd like prayer for your personal needs, your family, whatever it is, we'll be glad to pray with you. We also invite you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, make your way down here. It's very important that you take the time for prayer to make sure that your sins are forgiven and that you have a relationship with God. So the altar is open for anyone who'd like to come forward. Let's uh, respond to God's word and let's be obedient as he gives us grace to do so. Father, we thank you for this time together this morning. We ask you, Lord, to dismiss us, O God, with a sense of purpose that surely, O God, we have a relationship with you, which is more important than everything else that's happening in this world. We thank you for this time together and the assurance that we have in Jesus' name. Amen. When darkness veils its lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds with